Megan, you know what I love about our partner, The Essential Calendar? I love the product so much, of course, but I also love that it comes from a small business founded by two moms. Right, just like us. Listeners, if you're drowning in details right now, like summer camps, travel plans, end of school year mayhem, give yourself the gift of The Essential Calendar, a seasonal at-a-glance poster-sized calendar for your wall. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a mom of three kids, ages two, five, and seven, and I live in Southern California. And I'm Megan. I am the mom of five kids, ages six through 17, and I live in Michigan. This is the Mom Hour, part of the Life Listened Network. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 57 of the Mom Hour. I'm Sarah Powers, and I'm here with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. How are you? I'm great. I'm excited for this show. Me too. We've been talking about this one forever. (laughs) We have since we launched the podcast over a year ago. We've been saying we wanted to do a show about personality types and personality tests. Because it really does overlap and impact our parenting, I think, and our experience as a mom, and and it's just fun to talk about. So I absolutely agree. I have to say, in my house, I, I annoy people a lot because I talk a lot about personality types, and I would say some people in my family are skeptical <laughs> that this is even a thing. <laughs> well, I actually am kind of one of those skeptics, but I still find it fascinating, and we'll get into into that. Um, but we are going to break this up into two shows. So this week, we're going to kind of talk generally about the idea of personality types and personality tests. And we're going to give you guys a couple of our favorite tests and send you off to take them if you wish, if you want to play along. And then next week, we're going to go a little deeper into our Myers-Briggs type, our Enneagram type. We'll get to what all that means um, and talk about kind of the implications of all of this. So, uh, sit back. This is a two, this is a double header, uh, part one, part two, two, <laughs> which you guys, if, if you're regular listeners, you know, means we're going on vacation. So we're both yeah. recording in the same day or we're recording both episodes in the same day. That's but. our little behind the scenes <laughs> secret. Um, but you guys will experience them a week apart and we thought it would be fun because you can, uh, go do your own personality profiling tests. And uh, next week, we will reveal our types and talk about some more fun stuff. Yes, so should we, just, should we just do it? Let's just yeah. do it. All right. Well, I want you to start because you are a more self-professed fan and <laughs> lifelong uh, hobbyist when it comes to Yeah. Tests. So just <laughs> talk about that. Excuse me. Well, you know when you were a kid and you had like Teen Magazine or Young Miss or one of those and like there was a quiz? And it yes. was like, what's your boyfriend type? Or, you yes. know, what's your fashion type? I, I was obsessed with those quizzes. I was always on this journey, I felt like, of trying to figure out who I was. And, um, you know, the unfortunate part about the, a lot of those tests is they're really dumb. Right. And you can <laughs> you crack know? the code. The, you like, can crack the, the code question. really easily. <laughs> and you can make it be whatever you want it to be. And I think we actually talked about this in a an episode where we talked about fashion and I was saying like when I used to take those quizzes you know, as a younger person that yeah. would say, what's your fashion type? And I always wanted to be the romantic type. Mm-hmm. And I would, so I would like try to skew the answers right. that I chose to get that. And then I realized that those kind of clothes totally don't work for me and I don't feel comfortable in them at all, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. I mean, it's very possible to skew any test, I think, but, um, I've just had, and we're not going to reveal this episode, so I'm not going to say what those results were, but we've had a couple of, I've had a couple of experiences where I've taken 
a legitimate personality test, not one of those weird ones that comes up on Facebook that's like, which color yeah. do you like best? Which, those, which yeah. Disney princess are you? Yeah. Or the, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but like a Myers-Briggs or more recently the Enneagram and was not even really happy with my results. So that's, I think that's truly mm. the test of whether or not um, you, if, whether it's a legitimate test is I took it, I took it a few, several times. I think I've taken Myers-Briggs now like 20 times and it always comes up the same mystery result. Um, and I'll try to throw the results and I can't. And when I read, when I read the, when I read the sort of description, there's this uncomfortable familiarity with it where I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, that's really is me. You know, it's, it's like the good stuff and the bad stuff mm-hmm. all rolled into one. So, um, yeah, I just think there's a lot to it. And I have to say, I also think, uh, you know, when I was younger, I was very, I was really just kind of interested in finding out more about myself. But mm-hmm. as I've gotten, you know, deeper into a long-term marriage now and have all these kids who are getting older, um, it's really good to know what other people are, even if they don't believe in it. I think right. it's really helpful to kind of look at who they are in a, in a be- basic essential level and then compare it to your own and see mm-hmm. where those pitfalls might be. Cause you know, we're all different people and we yeah. need different things and we um, express ourselves differently. And I, I think it can be really helpful to know that stuff. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, I guess my relationship to personality tests is a little different. I am a skeptic. I forced you to take one of the kind of retreat. <laughs> well, you actually, no, you probably have opened my eyes a little to the good ones versus the maybe corny ones that aren't as revealing. And, right. and some of it may have been kind of resistance to the, I guess like as a personality trait, I'm always suspicious of oversimplification and I really resist kind of, uh, categorization when it's surface level. Does that make sense? Yeah, no. I I actually am kind of the same, honestly. Yeah. Well, so I think I just didn't give... And then, as we discuss often on this show, both you and I have a little uh, trend aversion in us. So I feel like the last several years, Myers-Briggs... I I must have missed the boat initially. I know Myers-Briggs has been around a long time, but I feel like I didn't start hearing about it till I was reading parenting blogs. And then I felt like everyone was talking about it. And I just kind of was like what is this cult? What are these letters? (laughs) So, so I don't know. I did like the quizzes in the teen magazines, but I guess it did feel kind of like reading your horoscope, like fun when it applied, but sort of silly and surface level. And Mm -hmm. I have come around. I don't necessarily think that I do think there's a lot of value, especially in some of these more thoughtful tests. Um, I, I think the longer the test, the more possibility of really getting some insightful results. And I also think just the internet and all these creative people out there on websites. There's just a lot of cool ways to experience this stuff. I guess, what would you have done before really um, user-friendly interfaces? Would you have taken like a print test? I, I think know. I actually did take a print version of the Myers-Briggs like in college. Yeah. So yeah. And I think I had to like fill in little bubbles. I don't remember how it was scored or anything. I just, I very clearly remember sitting down and filling in bubbles. Yeah. So Yeah. So I think but it, it's I, definitely become a lot more user-friendly, User-friendly right? and then really interesting things you can do with it. I always enjoy, both with Enneagram and also with some of the Myers-Briggs sites, it's almost the stuff after you find out your type that's really fascinating to me. You know, a little bit deeper analysis about like how you work in, how you work in a work environment or what kind of partners, you know, ship issues come up. So I think probably the internet has enabled probably a lot of fluff and crap, but also Mm. some interesting ways to present that information. Whereas, you know, before it would have been maybe more simplified or I don't know. I don't know why I had such resistance, but I'm coming around. 
Um, so so I, do, you, do you think we should talk a little bit about what these type, what these tests that we enjoy yes. actually let's are? Talk, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk okay. about Myers-Briggs and talk, we'll talk about Enneagram. Let's go a little bit deeper conceptually into those. So yeah. maybe let's talk about Myers-Briggs for those out there who like me five years ago, maybe aren't as familiar because I think it is so, com- it's a common one, but not everybody is familiar. Or those who've been avoiding it. <laughs> yeah. Like me. <laughs> yeah. What are these four letters? Yeah. Yeah. So Myers-Briggs is basically, it's, it's based on the idea that there are 16 basic personality types and, um, there are four letters. You, you get four letters and it's between two. So there, but there are 16 combinations. That was a really clunky way of saying it. So it's either, either extroverted or introverted. Um, there's one that's sensing or judging and that or sensing or intuition, which is about how you, um, take in information. Intuition. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Thinking or feeling, which is about how you make decisions and then judging or perceiving, which is kind of like how you, I guess, deal with the outer. Yeah. Are you reading this? You're good. Um, I read it right before we started talking. So okay, because yeah, um, I have it. Up it's not like right off the top of my head, but yeah. And I always like screw up which letter comes where, so I did have to school myself a little bit before. <laughs> before. Yeah. Um, now it doesn't mean if you get one or the other, it doesn't mean like say you get you know judging. It doesn't mean you don't perceive anything, and if you get right. thinking, it doesn't mean you don't have feelings. I mean, right. it's just right. kind of what you tend to gravitate toward. And then of those, so, you know, when you take the test and there's like lots of different tests you can take and we'll link to some of those. Mm -hmm. Um, it assigns you a little four letter type based on, based on that. And the one that I like, and I don't know if this is the one you took Sarah, but I did the one at 16 personalities.com and I like it because it's really cute and it gives you like a little, like a little avatar, a little cartoon avatar that's your type. So whether you're, you know, the idealist or the debater or the, I can't think of the rest off my top of my head, but yeah. You know, there's this little description of who, who that person is. Yeah. And, and, oh, the advocate. There's just, there's a bunch. And there's 16. <laughs> um, and like kind of what that, what it means to be that, that type. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from our place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy, so this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor Meals we tried. 
And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah, and for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle. Whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Yeah. And I think, um, I think the 16 is kind of a nice number. There's a lot of different combinations of those four letters, obviously. And then most good tests will also give you kind of a continuum or a sliding scale of where you are in each of those four diamet, you know, cat, whatever pairs within the four pairs. So I, one of the reasons, and we'll talk more about this next week specifically, but one of the reasons I have trouble with Myers-Briggs is I'm really borderline on those two middle letters. And so I've had tests come out either way. I'm very clear yeah. on the first letter and the last letter. <laughs> but um, but I do like seeing that where it will be like, you know, 75% judging or whatever. Or, you know, it will give you a sliding scale or a percentage yeah. of where you are on the continuum of those pairs. And that's kind of cool, too, because not every, you know, ESTP or whatever it would be is going to look exactly the same. And obviously not every person of any of these personality profiles we're talking about would be exactly the same as someone else. But um, I think that's kind of fun to see that that um, sliding scale come up graphically and kind of see where you scored. Yeah. Some of them now will even add on like a like a qualifier at the end. So you get, you know, your four letters plus another letter that kind of means I don't, I don't really get it. I kind of ignore it. Honestly, yeah, I, I find that it makes it a little confusing. It makes it too confusing for me. It's just, I don't need to know the type I am plus right. yet another qualifier, right. <laughs> another characteristic um, that makes it, I didn't find that as helpful. Maybe if I really dug in and got really into it, I'd find that helpful. But for me, it's just nice to, I mean, I don't, I'm not that deep into it, I guess what I'm saying. Right. No, but I think it's fun. I do think, do you feel like it's funny that people who are really into Myers-Briggs, it's almost like it's a sorority sister or something when they're like, oh my gosh, I'm a blah, 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 blah too. And I I just find that funny because like you and I are, well, reveal coming soon. We're we're very different. Well, I I mean, we've talked about how different we are all along. So this is not a surprise. (laughs) Spoiler alert, we are different. But you and I actually have a lot of personality traits, I think, that are really similar. And so anytime you're, I I don't know, I guess, again, it's me being a little judgy or a little suspicious of the uh, finality that it sometimes seems like is applied to this. Like this is just a diagnostic tool. It's a conversation starter. It's not and I think most people know that too, but I do yeah. think it's funny where it's like, oh, you know us, you know us INTJs or whatever. Well, and you know, it's funny when I, when I um, have gone online and like looked for articles and stuff about my type, um, our two types, I think often come up in like the, the people who are best friends because mm-hmm. when it, there's, a, and there's something to it, it's like the order of the le- the letters that line up. I don't know. It's like the okay. function of the letter or something. If you have one that 
is the same. And I don't think, do we have any that are the same? Depends on what you take. It depends on which test I take. Yeah, it depends on which test you take. But in in some results, in In some results, yeah. In testing scenarios, you and I are exactly opposite. Like every one is opposite. Well, but what they'll talk about, and there's one, um, there's a site called Thought Catalog, and there's a woman on there named Heidi Preben. Her stuff comes up all the time. And she'll talk a lot about relationships between people of different types and why some of those opposites work and why certain opposites work better than others and why sometimes it doesn't work when it's the same. Right. Right. You know, my type and another person of my type, I could see being really um, like good pals, but maybe not business partners Mm -hmm. or maybe not married, you know? So it's, it's a very, it's, you know, opposites do attract in a lot of ways. Um, And I think there's can always be crossover, but maybe it's really, maybe it's really like that deep down motivation. And I don't even know. Yeah. Which brings us to the Enneagram. Yeah. So (laughs) let's let's jump into that. Enneagram. Um, and I want to jump in real quick and yeah, just remind people that the show notes for this episode, which is episode 57, will be loaded with good stuff. And even yes. if you're listening to this a year from now, um, I think this will be a, good, a great standalone episode. We will link to a ton of articles and the actual tests and more fun stuff. So I just, I don't, sometimes we say that at the end and people might have tuned us off already, but don't forget you're like, to go God, to- you guys just keep rambling. You don't know what you're talking about. It's themomhour.com <laughs> and yeah. look for or search for episode 57 and, yeah. um, all, everything we're talking about will be there. So sorry, continue. That's um, okay. Let's, let's talk about Enneagram. So the Enneagram was one that I didn't know anything about and just kind of came across my radar about a year ago or so. Um, and I took it and was quite unhappy with my result. So unhappy that I went back and took it two more times because I was like, this cannot possibly be right. This is not me. This is not who. And, and really what I was saying is this is not who I, I want to be. Um, the Enneagram is based on nine types. And instead of, so like Myers-Briggs, the way I see it is Myers-Briggs is kind of like the way you present to the world. It's the way you interact with the world. It's the way the world interacts with you. It's um, your level of extroversion versus introversion, like all those things. And the Enneagram is more based on what is the one, like if you had to boil it down, what is the one motivator Mm -hmm. that basically causes you to do things the way you do? Mm-hmm. Or um, almost, I'm looking at them now. It's almost like, what is your role? Yeah. What is your role, your role as a in relationships as a member of society? Yeah. Like, what's the hat that you wear? Yeah, but it all boils down to what is the the driving need? It's like, what mm-hmm. is the so for like um for I think I can't remember if it's number one or number nine is the peacemaker, and so yeah, their need nine. their yeah. need is to keep things calm. Mm-hmm. and steady and for everyone to get along. Um, number two is the helper and their need. I mean, and, and you can really look at it and it kind of, they really boil it down and strip away all the, <laughs> if you get really into the results, they really strip away all the kind of extraneous stuff. And it's like the number the number nine is terrified of the world falling apart or whatever it is. Number two is afraid of being rejected. Number three, and I can't remember what they all are at the top of my head, but you're looking at them, Sarah, so maybe you can yeah. name some off. Yeah, sorry. Um, so there's an individualist is number four, an enthusiast is number seven, the challenger is number eight. So they're these sort of And yeah. I think like I think like the enthusiast's fear is being ordinary. So stuff like that. Like you can really like if you really get into it, it really boils down to like what is the thing that makes you choose the things that you choose and become that role, take on right. that role. Right. Um, so when I took it out, it was not what I expected to be. And I took it several more times. And then the more I read the answer, I was like, no, it was totally right. It's totally right about me. And it's not always flattering. Um, in fact, the one that I really like was at um, Eclectic Energies, I think was mm-hmm. the test I liked. But then I think the Enneagram Institute. Yes. And that's what I'm looking at right now. Were the I results that I liked because it mm-hmm. was a little more in depth. 
And I mean, it really goes from like, it also ranks you from like a level of one on the healthy scale, which is great. And most mm-hmm. people aren't there mm-hmm. to nine. And it's like a healthy, your number at number one looks like this. And you look awesome. No matter right. what number you are, if you are number one on the, um, on the functionality scale, you're great. Right. But if you're like a number nine, I right. mean, you're just like the worst person ever. <laughs> well, and that's, that's what's fascinating, right? Yeah. Is because even if we totally buy into this is, these, this is my personality type, I love the Enneagram acknowledges that the types aren't good or bad, but within each type, there's like a strong, healthy way to enable, like embody that role. And then there's a sort of like insecure and fear-based way to be in that role, which is really interesting stuff if you yeah. think about it. Yeah. Um, so it's not so much the, you know, what's the healthiest personality among the nine. It's, you know, how can you, how can you be in that healthy place within your type? Own type. Exactly. And a lot of that is recognizing your type um, and understanding where you can go bad with it, you know, and then understanding the other people's types around you. That's, and that I think was so fascinating. We all took that at um, Beyond Retreat last yeah. year. And I loved finding out, you know, yeah. the, the numbers of the people around me. I thought it was fascinating. I also thought, and again, no spoilers this time, but I also thought it was fascinating how many of us were the same numbers, yeah. not all the same, but like we surround ourselves yeah. with people, with with other people who compliment us or balance right. us out, I think. Right. And so you saw a lot of patterns pop up again yeah. and again and again. And um, just to go into a little more detail, Enneagram also gives you a wing. Do you want to explain that? So you have a dominant type, which is a number, like you might be a four. And then they give you, what, it's sort of like a, you know, I don't know, how would you call it? Like a minor? A, a yeah, that's kind of, that's to me, that's kind of like the qualifier, the, like the additional qualifier on the... Um, on the Myers-Briggs, I haven't, yeah. I don't really understand it that well. I think mine was like, there was two and one is sexual and one is social. <laughs> well, and, these, but no, then I they say, like, but the I'm... sexual one isn't actually sexual. It just means like one-on-one. It means like you like, oh, you're talking about the other thing, the wing number. Yes. Which is like kind of like another which, number of the yeah. nine that, that is where you lean. And it's usually a number next to you, right? So if yes. you were a four, so you, you either lean, lean toward, toward yes. three or five. Yeah. And there's some interesting, I mean, I don't think that means anything unless you read more about it. But um, I think when you get into that level of reading, there's some interesting stuff in there. Yeah. Too. I'm thinking of the variant because a test yeah, I took I also didn't. gives you a sexual or social variant. And I was like, oh, <laughs> sexual variant. But it turns out that just means that you um, deal better with one-on-one relationships than multi, you know, but I was like, why why did you just say that then? It made it sound way too exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Oh, that's funny. Um, okay. Well, we do want people to go and take at least, well, we don't, you don't have to, you can completely reject this idea, but we would love listeners to, if you're interested, go take these two tests. We will link to the Myers-Briggs at 16personalities.com and the Enneagram one at what was that one? So eclecticenergies.com is the one where the Enneagram I like that test. Yep. Yeah. We'll link to them both, but just in case it helps for you to hear them. Um, and then by next week, you guys will have taken them, and then we can continue the conversation. But and, we want- and I also like, but I, if you, after you take the test, go to the enneagraminstitute.com. Mm-hmm to read the descriptions. I just think their descriptions are better. So I've got yeah. you jumping all over the place. They have, they did it really cool. They kind of have, um, they have, you know, well-known personalities in each yeah. type. And I, I really yeah. like the way it's laid out. It's really fun. You could lose an entire evening afternoon. Yeah. Just doing morning. Things. You probably And that will. brings up a question. What does John think about all of this? Is he, he thinks skeptic? it's a bunch of bull crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why we're not the same type. He's probably, he's probably the type that doesn't ever take the test. 
because they think it's crap. So, I mean, right. he took it for me just because I bugged him about it so much. But he kind of feels like people answer what they want and that, um, like, people almost use it as an excuse for their more negative personality traits. Mm-hmm. And, and I, my opinion is that none of them are negative. I mean, they're right. all – they all just are what they, what they are. Right. We all have better sides and, and worse. You right. know, we all have things about us that are flattering and things that are less flattering. I don't really think of that as – me excusing anything of myself because I'm this type. I, I more look at it as how do I be the best version of who I am? Yeah. Um, but and I think I anything know. that leads you any inroad to self-discovery is, right. a, is a good start. You know, it might, yeah. some, it comes in different forms for different people. For some people it's books and like self-help reading or, yep. you know, spiritual practice, it, you know, but anything that's sort of like gets the wheels turning when it comes to introspection and self-discovery, I think is fine. Yeah, and I, I think that I think it wouldn't be surprising if it turned out to be true that some of the types are less likely to be interested in self awareness. Totally. <laughs> you know? Or or maybe are just too logical and don't have time for that. I mean, I just think there's different different types I can see being drawn to finding mm-hmm. out what their type is, which is mm-hmm. kind of funny. I wonder if sometimes if it skews the results to where yes. you know you would think there's more of a certain type in the world but that's because those people are the ones, the ones who are more likely to take so the funny. test yeah. yeah that's so funny um well one thing we want to spend a good chunk of time talking about in this show is introversion versus extroversion because yes. that's a topic that is so kind of hot right now and kind of transcends just Myers-Briggs although that is you know the first letter pair in the right. Myers-Briggs um, before we launch into that, I want to give a shout out to a couple of other podcasts that we listen to who've done great shows on personality types. Um, Megan Teeth of the Sorta Awesome podcast. If you guys haven't um, checked her out, she has a great show. She has rotating um, co-hosts and um, just a fun show, but she is really into this stuff. And I went, because I know I listened to one about personality types of hers, but I, then I went to her Tumblr, which is where she archives her shows, and they've actually done it like three times. So if you're totally love to just chat and geek out about this stuff, definitely check out Sorta Awesome. Um, and then Gretchen Rubin, who we've mentioned several times on this show, has a podcast called Happier that is, I think, dovetails right with all of this kind of stuff. Um, and I'll link to her show. She um, has something called The Four Tendencies. Have you read about that, Megan? Yes. It's another mm-hmm. fun. We won't go into that one in detail, but that's another fun. I, think, I, I feel like fun. we've talked about that. A little, maybe like a little the bit. the rebel and the... Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The upholder, yeah. the questioner, yep. the rebel, yes. yeah. And then our friends, uh, Kelsey and Erica of the Girl Next Door podcast also devoted a whole show to doing their Myers-Briggs and kind of picking that apart. So there's no shortage. I wanted to give a little shout out to those other yeah, podcasts absolutely. and I will link to those. They probably do a lot much more eloquent job. Yeah. We're, we're your starter resource. We're just getting the ball rolling. I'll we'll point you yeah. to more polished <laughs> <Yes>. conversation. <laughs> um, okay. So let's go into introverted extroverted is it just me or is this has this become something that people talk about even more in the last like oh my gosh yes it's it's all over the place it's it's blown up I mean I feel like you know 10 years ago people who were really into this kind of stuff were talking about it and then suddenly like two years ago the whole rest Mm -hmm. of the world discovered it and now every day I mean you can't scroll through Facebook without seeing a meme like you'll know like all extroverts can relate to this or Mm -hmm. this is how you know you're an introvert. I mean, it's just, it's kind of everywhere. And the unfortunate thing I think is it starts to become a little pat and a little Mm -hmm. like what you were saying, oversimplified. Mm -hmm. Um, Those top 10 lists about like all X will 
mm-hmm. recognize this. I, mm-hmm. I don't find them to be universally true all the time. No. Um, and, and I, for a long time, really couldn't figure out whether I considered myself an extrovert or an introvert. Um, you know, they say the basic, that the basic, um, I guess, indicator is whether you feel uh, like your well is filled, like you're energized by social mm-hmm. events, or are you more drained and you need to be alone mm-hmm. to kind of get the energy? You know, like which energizes yep. you more? Yeah, that's what I've heard too. And yeah, for me, it completely amazing. depends on the day. I mean, I couldn't, there are times I come home after having a chat with a few people and I'm like, whoa, you know, I'm like revved up and I want to, I, I just have so much energy and um, so much creativity and inspiration. And then there's times I come home and I just want like to no one to talk to me for a while. And I will also say that for a long time when my kids were really clingy, I thought I was an introvert and I think it was Mm -hmm. just that I was, um, and I hope it's not, I hope I can give away that I'm not an introvert. Yes, we can reveal. Okay. (laughs) Okay. On this letter. On this letter. Um, I was, so for a long time I thought I was an introvert because I had a lot of social anxiety for about 10 years of my life, which I've kind of gotten over, but especially in a new situation or like a crowd or a party. Um, and I've just learned how to deal with that and I don't really have that anymore, but that also kind of made me think I was an introvert and mm-hmm. in reality, I just didn't really know how to kind of, I think I was more insecure than anything. I just didn't really right. know how to it, like insert myself into a social right. situation that was unfamiliar. And the other thing was having little kids, like mm-hmm. having little kids climbing all over me, it made me want to run away screaming, but to a quiet place where no one would talk to me. Right. And that right. made me feel introverted, but really, and I was also, I also under my, or under, I guess, um, considered the fact that I was getting tons of interaction from people online. So mm-hmm. I would feel like, you know, I don't ever talk to anybody. Why don't I want to go out and see people? And I didn't realize it's because I'd spent my entire day chatting on whatever social media network I was on. Right. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah, 
the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time, and the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. So there was still a lot. It was like a lot of interacting. I didn't need any more at that right. time. So right. I don't know. Do you have a similar experience? Like, have you been confused? Yeah. yeah. Well, I just, I, again, because I wasn't really clued into this whole discussion until probably a few years ago, my, I am an introvert, but my first, the, like the larger perception of introverts, right. And I think a lot of people have worked hard to change this is that they're antisocial or loners. And yeah. now I think we know that that's not always the case. And it's much more the way you describe, which is where do you, where do you recharge your energy? Do you recharge your energy in a situation where you're feeding off of other people and social interaction? Or do you recharge your energy in a more solitary way? That doesn't mean you're by yourself all day or that you don't like people. So right. I think I did. I like a lot of people and lot, like the public perception. I had to kind of come to an understanding of that. Um, I am not a, I am not an extreme introvert. So just like you having some kind of like identity crisis around it, I don't have a lot of the traits of introverts. I don't have a lot of social anxiety. I don't even mind small talk. In fact, I'm usually more comfortable with small talk than I am with like, let's just go deep. Yeah. And I I hate small talk, but (laughs) I've I've gotten better at it, but yeah. But so I don't mind, um, I don't mind social gatherings. I don't love crowds. That is true. You guys know I, I hate fun. And part of that is I don't like the, I don't like this, um, what do you call it? Like the sensory overload yeah. of big crowds and big parties. But while there, that might be tied to introversion, I feel like it's more of a sensory sensitivity actually to me. Like mm-hmm. I don't like big, like feeling really crowded in a space or a lot of noise. So I don't do well at like, fairs and concerts and that kind of stuff. Um, but I don't mind parties and social gatherings and all of that. So I didn't, I didn't fit the introverted mold the way I saw it, but there's no denying that I get my energy or recharge by being alone. And I also process information. I I don't know if I made this up or if this is written anywhere out there, but I think another good indicator is how you process ideas. Like you, I'm not, I'm not going to label you, Megan, but maybe this is true that I know you like to talk through ideas with people or, you know, by email to get things out. And I almost have to like completely do them inside my own head first before I yeah. can talk them through. Does that make sense? That is a pretty, I think that? I've actually read that's a pretty classic extrovert introvert um, yeah. delineation. And I'm totally that way. Like if it's just living in my head, it's like, it doesn't really even exist until I've expressed right. it. And then I'm like, Oh, now I get, now I know what it is. Right. And um, I'm the opposite. Yeah. I actually get a little uncomfortable talking through ideas that I haven't written down or thought through yet because I'm not sure. It's like, I'm not sure what I think because I yeah. haven't processed it by myself. So that's an interesting. I actually, you know, we, we talked about the quiet or we didn't yet. Yeah, there's that no. the site, um, the quiet revolution site. I think it's quietrev.com. And it was started by Susan Kane, who wrote the book Quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote for that site for a while. And I want to say, actually, one of the articles I wrote was about how to kind of make yourself heard in business meetings if you're an introvert, because often, like, 
you seem behind the eight ball because you're not talking, but that's mm-hmm. because you're thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then all the extroverts are kind of running the show. And so mm-hmm. um, we should link to that too. Cause that was kind yeah. of, I thought that was interesting. And it was just about that. Like how you're quietly processing your thoughts cause you're not comfortable putting them out there yet. And then you're being railroaded. So how do you not get railroaded? Yeah, that's true. Well, and you yeah. know, when we work together, right? Like we'll, we'll talk through things. I totally railroad you all the time. See, I just did it just now. But no, <laughs> but then what do I do? I like disappear for a couple of days and then I write it all down. And then it makes so much sense to me. Right. And I've kind of like regurgitated it. And then we like, then we take it to the next level. So it's just, it, that is a really interesting component. So I guess all of that to circle back is I, I don't think I'm an extreme or a classic introvert, but I'm for sure an introvert. I'm an introvert who likes, you know, social interaction and yeah. doesn't mind. I, I don't have a lot of social anxiety. Sorry. Um, so I don't fit that part of the mold, but I do fit a lot of the other. And I'm also, and we can talk about this too, because I think this has fit into your extroversion. I'm also a homebody and I have seen some fun, interesting takes on what it means to be a homebody. You can be an extrovert, but prefer your own kind of like bubble of home yeah. and, and like having people into it. Um, and I'm definitely, um, a homebody in some ways more than I am an introvert. So if I can have people come to me or be close to yeah. home. I'm happy. I think this is where this, I think this is where it becomes oversimplified, easy to oversimplify and the limitations of having two types become to me a little frustrating because yeah. like you, I don't like things to be simple. I like things to be real and, and I like to really dig in and what is it we're actually talking about here. Um, so if there's a t- name for someone who doesn't really fall into one category or the other and that's ambivert, but then what's okay. the point? <laughs> I'm kind of like, okay, well, if you could be one, you know, if you can be ambiverted, then does either one even really exist? And right. um, what I like about Myers-Briggs and Enneagram and other tests like that is it gives you a little more of an in-depth way of looking at it. So like, for example, and I'm not going to give it away, but I will next week, episode 58, um, <laughs> my Bi- Myers-Briggs type is known to be more ambiverted than most mm, extroverted types. Um, apparently, this is like, of all of the extroverted types, this one doesn't like as much small talk. Um, this one is more likely to have a closer circle of friends than a huge circle mm-hmm. of friends. But then again, you know, I think about that and I've really never thought of myself as someone who loves to be the center of attention in a huge crowd. Right. Because I don't, I'm not a friend collector. I, I don't have tons of friends. I've never been comfortable having hu- like a huge group of friends. It's just not how I operate. But I do have a huge group of um, acquaintances. They're yeah. called my Facebook friends. I think I have like 2,000 or something. It's kind of crazy. So I do get a lot. Like I'm when I'm scrolling through my, you know, my social feeds, I'm getting tons of interaction and feedback and possibility, like little conversations I can jump into at any time mm-hmm. if I want to. And sometimes I'll jump onto someone's feed and then I will never talk to that person again. Not on purpose. <laughs> it's just because I don't even know how they ended up on my Facebook in the first place. So like, right. you know what I mean? And that's fine with me. I don't mind that. Um, but that doesn't mean every time I go out, I want to be in a room with a ton of people talking to them. And I often sometimes like going to crowded situations where I'm sort of anonymous and Mm -hmm. where I'm like, you know, one person in a, in a room full of people, but I don't actually speak to anyone. That's actually something that I enjoy doing a lot. So I think there's like a lot of limitations to this stuff. I think the internet and social media has skewed it and we don't always take that into account. Right. Um, and I also think, you know, it's, there's just so much room for, our own interpretation of each type, you know? So, but it's a useful thing. It's a useful thing to know. It is a useful thing. Um, I've I've actually been able to think about my kids' needs more mm -hmm. as far as, you know, which ones of them 
need to have more friends, need to be doing more stuff, need to be out more. And the ones yeah. who are just happy to sit in their room that used to worry me a little bit. And then yeah. I kind of had to realize that that's okay too. You know, yeah. no, like I that. think that's, I think that's really good. And, and that we don't need to impose our needs on them. You know, right. that it's, if you go back to that basic indicator of where do you recharge your battery or where do you get energy and ideas, it's, it's not, you know, neither one is bad or good. It's just who you are. So it, you know, recognizing that our kids are different for sure. And that they might not need what we need. And that's okay. Um, Okay. Well, Were there any other I, tests we were going to talk about. Oh, you know, I want to mention to you, you had mentioned strengths finder, which is, yeah, um, I was going to mention some that we're not going to talk about just because it's, yeah. it's interesting how many are out there. So yeah, let's, let's do that. Well, okay. So strengths finder is one that I, it's more like geared toward the workplace, I think. Mm-hmm. And I'm not yeah. super, I'm not really super, um, yeah, I don't know, involved with it. I don't know a ton about it, but I remembered that I had taken this test at some point. So I just searched it in my email mm-hmm. in a draft email that I sent <laughs> that I wrote to you. In 2013 popped up. <laughs> and so I never sent it to you, but I did take the strength finder test and, um, and, then and I was going to email it to you and I just didn't do it. So I'm going to send that email right now. You guys, I am live emailing Sarah. Live emailing. I'm hitting send right my, now, Sarah. I so now you're going to know my strength finder results, but we're not going to talk about them today. <laughs> well, do you have to pay to take a strength finder? No. In my limited research yesterday uh, when I was preparing for this show, I thought you did. So that was one reason. No, I found some free ones somewhere. I don't okay. remember. I mean, it, you, you have to, I think you have to pay to get any good results. Okay. Got it. Well, that, I mean, and that's the case, I think in all of these to go yeah. deeper, you can pay. Um, what about love languages? I don't know very Ooh. much about them, but I know yes. that I hear about it. What about that one? So love languages is something that I thought sounded so corny when I first yeah. heard about it. I mean, <laughs> even the, it's the name is so drippy. I just couldn't, I just couldn't with that, but I did end up reading um, I don't know, a website once that kind of laid them out and it makes so much sense and it's really not drippy at all. And it, it's basic, just like, it's, it's just basic common sense really. And so basic, and I'm not going to, I'm going to bungle this again. Gosh, we're so good at like being so surface about everything and not really knowing what we're talking about. But I want to say it's the love languages. Our preparation, our preparation <laughs> style for this podcast is outstanding, you guys. <laughs> so the love languages are, uh, I'm just going to try to rattle them off. Sarah, Google it really quick. So in case I get get it wrong, it's, um, gifts, acts of service, quality time, physical touch. And there's one more words of affirmation. I got it. Okay. Okay. So what that means basically is that the, your love language are the ways that you feel loved when other people do those things for you. Now where it can get tricky is if you and your spouse or partner or kids don't have the same love languages, you can kind of trample all over each other without even realizing it. And right. here's an example. Um, John loves to give gifts mm-hmm. and he loves for, he, he doesn't really mind like, you know, he doesn't feel like on his birthday he has to be showered with gifts, but little things like going to the grocery store and thinking of him while I was there and picking him up a special treat mm-hmm. was something that was really important to him for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I never did it. So he would always bring me something home like a candy bar. And I'm like, I don't really even want this candy bar. Like what? And then why are you keep bringing me candy bars? And then I'd go someplace and come home and, and he'd say, did you get me anything? And I was like, well, well, no, I just got the stuff on the list. He's like, well, you didn't, you didn't think of me while you were there. You didn't think to get me a treat. And I would be so confused. I'm like, well, I was grocery shopping. I wasn't there to get you a treat, you know? So it took me a long time to realize that that was a bigger deal for him than it ever will be for me. And to try a little harder at that, you know? So that's just one example. Yeah. no, I don't. I'm just looking at them right now and trying to diagnose myself, which, by the way, that must be a personality 
how they treat. Because every time I stumble onto one of these tests or types, I always read the descriptions and try and diagnose myself first, which is why what I did with Myers-Briggs. <laughs> I, I was telling you that I had tested three different ways, but that's not actually true. I have tested two different ways on a couple of different tests, but the third way was just me reading you them just and self-diagnosed. which one I was. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I, for me, I'm definitely... Um... I am physical touch and words of affirmation. And I just figured that out by like thinking to myself, I actually kind of went backward. I just thought when something's not happening, what makes me feel worst? Yeah. Like if I could say, you know, if we could eliminate one thing at a time Mm -hmm. that I wasn't getting from my partner or friends Mm -hmm. or whatever. And and it's always different. Like I have friends who I don't touch. Like I have friends who just aren't touchy people and I don't feel like, oh my gosh, they don't love me. But I have to be getting that from someone. Like yeah. I have to be getting that from John. Yeah. So, um, and he doesn't really need that as much. So that's that's another balance. Well, and thing, that's right? that's isn't that an interesting one with regard to kids too? Because yeah. they're like, it's you know, you get to snuggle your babies pretty much unlimited. But there's a if you are someone who you know craves and likes physical touch and your child isn't, that's a different you know again yeah. comes up the same. Or thing. vice versa, as they get older and they don't always tell you. It's not right. even like it's not even like your kid will come up to you at sixteen and be like, "I really need a hug." I mean, not necessarily. Right. Some kids are really touchy, and others maybe need it and don't say so. Yeah, so that's, that's another true. thing, you know. That I'm just looking now, and I I'm diagnosing myself as acts of service. Acts of service. That does not surprise me. Yeah. Because it says these individuals want their partners to notice that their own responsibilities are grand and sometimes daunting and that a helping hand every once in a while shows love and care. That's totally me. Yeah. Like, you know, feeling like a little bit of a martyr, like I've, you know, I'm doing everything, but then really wanting somebody to step in and be like, let me do yeah. that for you. Let yeah. me lift, lighten this burden. That is totally me. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there's been times in my life where that was more important to me than it is now because I was so overwhelmed. Right. But now that I have every, you know, things kind of more or less under control, it's just not as right. important to me. But the right. other, but the other things like have never gone away. Like I need, yeah, I need people to tell me I'm appreciated and I need right. like snuggles. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. <laughs> and also, you know, but again, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have said, I wouldn't have said I needed touch because I had little kids right. like climbing all over right. me. That's what I feel like right. all these answers get so skewed by where you are in motherhood or with your children. Like if yeah. you're already if your whole day is one endless cuddle from yeah. multiple small people, you know, that's sometimes just enough. And it doesn't really matter what your love language is. You're like, duh, I'm over this. Right. And then you have a chance to kind of, I think that's why I've really gotten into this stuff more recently. Cause I feel like yeah. it's a truer representation of who I really am as opposed to like who I am when my life revolves around a whole bunch of like small people. Yeah. And your so, identity is completely tangled yeah. up in, those relationships that you don't have quite as much control over. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's not like you could sit down with your two-year-old and be like, let's, let's talk about our partnership. Exactly. Let's talk about how we work together. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, well, this has been really fun. And again, listeners, next week, episode 58, we will reveal our Myers-Briggs types, reveal our Enneagram types, and then talk a little bit more about parenting kids and having relationships with partners of varying types. So we're going to continue the conversation. All of this will be at themomhour.com. And again, if you're listening to this far into the future, just uh, use the search feature in the sidebar to search for episode 57 or search for personality types, and you'll find all the links, including the tests that we hope you guys will go take so we can continue the conversation next week. Oh, and tell, and if you want to leave us a comment and tell us what your type is, that would be fun. Yeah. We could yeah. maybe call a few people out. 
or leave us a or leave us a speak pipe message yes call in yeah um okay well this has been fun and we will be back for more next week in episode 58 thanks everybody Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction. And Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Hey everyone, Sarah here. Megan and I would absolutely love it if you hit pause right now, right where you're listening, and left the Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, that's one of the absolute biggest ways you can thank us. And it really takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, just navigate to the Mom Hour's show listing. So not the episode you're listening to right now, but the kind of landing area for our show as a whole. And then scroll down to leave a rating or review. Thank you so much.